Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report. Wherever you get your podcast you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Both those things will help us out. You can find us on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P. I-R-E, always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, trying to take a break here. So all these podcasts have been pre-recorded. So that means if there's any news, don't don't look for it here. Go to ESPN.com where it's my, my that's, what I, that's who I work for. So go there to find out the news. But I'm not going to be talking about it here because we are trying to take some time off. And I hope you can appreciate that. Anyway, today... Going to talk to I'm going to play you an audio interview that I had with rookie corner Emmanuel Forbes from the spring. Now, this was for a story I wrote on ESPN.com where I talked to him about the six interception returns that he had for touchdown in college, setting in a Division One record. And I wanted to go over each of these interceptions to give readers and viewers or listeners, whatever, a little peek into the mindset of Forbes. How did you make these plays? There's a combination of factors here, folks. Yes, sometimes there were some lucky tips. Yes, sometimes there were some bad throws. There were some bad quarterbacks you're going to face. But you know who else faces those things? Every other quarterback in, in Division One football. You're not facing uh, you're the top quarterback every week. So every quarterback, cornerback, is going to face a lot of those situations. They weren't making these plays. Forbes was, and he did it consistently. He had 14 interceptions, four for his career, though, that's a lot, folks. And he's doing it in the SEC where he's facing really good receivers most weeks. So, you know, so it goes beyond that. So that's why I want to look at it. And, you know, it's funny because I go back to when um, I had Fred Smoot on in the spring on the podcast because before the draft, I knew how much he liked Forbes. Like, okay, Mississippi State guy, bring on Smoot. Let's talk about some of the corners in the draft focusing on Forbes. So I wanted to go like, what is it that, why is why is Smoot so high on him? And I know that the the Mississippi State ties help, but Fred's not a Fred's no dummy. Fred knows football and he studies this stuff. So I, I went back and watched some of Forbes's games to see what stood out to me and was you know what what was going on. Well, the thing, couple of things stood out. One, you know, well I'll get to the size in a minute, but but he's smart, and I felt like he had he had great ball skills and you could see it and you could see when he would turn and find the ball and you know, locate and, and all that, he was exceptional at that. And I thought he was very smart because you could tell that sometimes it was a matter of positioning. It was anticipating routes. That's a big thing. And then he was not just, you know, it's funny because some people think he gambles. He doesn't gamble. He's an aggressive player. So the Kentucky interception, for example, is one that we talk about where we turn for touchdown is a great example because it was a play that it was a situation or the play, the formation was, taught to them earlier in the week, like one time 
And he remembered it when he saw it. And it was slightly different than how that was communicated to them because they changed it up a little bit. But when he saw the opening, he went for it. And that's how you get the pick sixes. That's how you get the big plays. And it's why Washington wanted to draft him. So those plays are why that guy is here. Now, when I interviewed him, a couple of things that stood out. First of all, he's a very polite young man. But secondly, he is very skinny. And that obviously jumps out when you see him in person and when you see him on the field, he's very skinny. But what I what you what you find with a guy like that, he's found ways to make that work. And I think that's the important thing is, yes, he's got that issue, the size issue. How do you overcome it? And I think he's certainly done a great job of that by anticipating, by being smart, by the study habits, et cetera. So the other thing I learned during this interview is what a good high school athlete he was. I knew that he played baseball, but told me he was throwing like 94 miles an hour, had some elbow issues, which is why he didn't pursue that in college at all. But he, you know, and you look like you look at him, he could be a really good, he's got that lankiness that, that you like in a pitcher, but he was really good in, in that and, and just a, a good position player as well. And I think those skills help as a defensive back locating the ball. It's not when Deshaun Jackson was here, I remember writing a story about why is this guy so good getting the ball down the field, right? And part of that was go went back to his high school baseball days. He too could have been, a, he could have tried to go pro in baseball and he was a good outfielder. And so it helps you locate the ball. Now, Forbes was not an outfielder, he was an infielder, but I still think some of those skills translate. And I think the better you are in one sport, the more it can help you in another as well. And I think he's he's a, an example, another example of that. Anyways, then watching him in the spring, you saw the skills on the field. He was always around the ball and he has a really good ability to turn and get out of his breaks quickly. And there were a couple of times, and I mentioned this on the podcast before, but there was, and I talked about this with Brent Vesselmeyer in the previous, uh, last week on the podcast, there's a play in practice where you see him, he's the receiver cuts to the outside and, and an out. And he could, he kind of got, he gets turned around, but in turning around, he didn't lose any ground. And it, to me, that's kind of amazing. And he ended up being able to break up the pass because of it, you know, the throw wasn't exactly late on the play either. So it was because of his ability to turn, get back in and you know, quickness out of the break. That's that, that kind of stuff really helps. And then I think he's going to start. He think what he'll have to learn is how to underuse his length, and I think he started to see that during the spring. And I've told you this before, and again, uh, with Brent Vesselmeyer told you last week, there were a couple examples where he got bodied by tight ends uh, and some some routes, and he had Benjamin St. Juiced and Kendall Fuller talked to him about it, like. You can't let these guys do that. So how do you get around it? Well, use your length. Attack aside, use your length. And the next next practice we saw him, he did that. Now they were against receivers that time, but he still heeded the advice and was able to attack aside rather than just letting a like a, a guy like Terry McLaurin just kind of out physical him for the ball. So will that happen every time? No, because these players are really good. That will be sometimes it's going to happen. He's going to get just like Daryl Green sometimes lost to Michael Irvin because of his height. But I'm going to take that guy more often than not. And I think with Forbes, I think that's what they'll find. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he overcomes it, but he's overcome it for his entire life. So it's not like it's new for him, but this is of course a different level, but you know, again, durability. So it's, it's, it's there. But what I liked again are the ball skills <clears throat> always around the ball. Now, I, the thing I'm going to wonder too, is he is aggressive. So what are they going to throw at him to, to have him bite 
or to have them uh, maybe use that aggressiveness against him. We've seen it with other corners who are that aggressive, right? You know, those out and ups, the slant and goes, those kind of things. That's the stuff he's that they're going to test him on because I would too, wouldn't you? If a guy's aggressive with it, but the more he plays, the more he's going to understand how they're trying to attack him and when, and just you can get a feel for things, et cetera. And then can you recover with that? And I think that's where the length can help him, that if you recover, you have, he has good speed, you recover with the length, then it makes it a little bit harder to, to complete the throw. So that's just one of the things he'll have to guard against. And I'm, I, will, I am curious to see how defenses attack him in the run game as well, how they try to evolve him. But all he has to do is if he can't do anything else, this is what coaches told me. If you can't do anything else, funnel the play back to the inside. Do your job and do that. He doesn't have to necessarily make the play, but funnel it back to the guys who get paid to make that play. And I think that's one of the things that I noticed on film and sometimes even out on in the spring. We'll see when the pads are on, but on film, you would see him get up to a spot quick and maybe beat a guy to the spot. So maybe get there before the guard can turn around on a screen or whatever, or get up there on a, on a, a receiver screen. So maybe you beat the guy trying to make the block and may, or maybe you get there in the backfield quick enough that you force him to cut too soon into some, into some trouble. Those are the kind of things that he can do to mitigate that size issue anyways. So stay tuned for that. I wanted to play you that again. It's an audio interview, but I still wanted to play it for you because I think you can learn something from him and, and get a feel for who he is as a player. Now, before I get to that, and I told you last time on the last episode, I talked about a couple of desserts that I like to grill. This is grilling season. and I haven't done this in a while. I used to have people on all the time to talk about barbecuing. So shout out to guys like Tailgate Ted, who used to come on a lot, Chef Mel, I had other people coming on to talk about some barbecue stuff because I like it and it is a season. So today, one of the things I really enjoy making is pork belly. Now everybody's got their own way to do it. And there are a million, there are a lot of ways that you can do it and do it well. I've done pork belly burn ends. Those are fantastic. I've done uh, crispy pork belly by cooking it in the oven and then finishing in the broiler. And, and it's really, really good and crispy and it's great. So the last time I made it a couple of weeks ago, um, took a five and a half pound pork belly, cut it in half to shorten the, the cook time and just did it in the smoker and finished on the grill. What I, I just, I like to inject you a mixture. I did a mixture of apple juice, some, some brown sugar, inject it, let it, let it soak in there and then put it on the smoker at about 225 to 250. And I say in that range because I have an offset smoker and it takes a lot of work to maintain that temperature. So, but I got it in that range and used apple chunks for the wood. Um, like I love apple with the pork and smoke it for three hours. And it, like, I forgot to tell you before you, before I put it on there, you cut it in half and I scored the, the fatty part. Now I trimmed off some of the fat to get it down to, you know, about a quarter inch or so, but I also trimmed, you know, I also scored the fat, the backside with the fat, you just, you know, basically make X, big X's in there. So that way, when I put the the dizzy pig, yes, it was dizzy pig, their dizzy dust, put that rub on so it can soak into the meat a little bit, get away from the fat and into the meat. And then, you know, obviously put the, put the rub on the, on both sides, et cetera. So it was, but that, that's rub I use. Sometimes I make my own, but that's what I use on this one. Smoke it for, it was approximately three hours. So you want, I wanted to get it to in that 195 range or so, and then um, take it, and I, you know, I would also occasionally spritz it with some apple juice to 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 get some more flavor on there. 
I'm very big on building the flavor, the flavor profile. So you get the flavor from the injection, from the rub, from the smoke, from the little spritz of the apple juice. And then when it was around 195, I put it on the grill and I seared it, um, seared it on the grill, put it uh, fat side up first for a couple minutes and then flip it over fat side down for about three or four minutes to sear it. Don't want to don't, don't want to burn it. You want to make sure that it's not burned, that it is seared and then take it off. And then I also, then I finish it with like this orange glaze and put that on there. And it was terrific. And and I love the pork belly. And then off that I would make, we had some leftover. So I'm doing pork belly sandwiches for a couple of days. And with that, I would do, uh, you crisp the bun, get a, you know, either brioche bun or with potato roll, whatever, which one of those get a good bun. And then I would take some, uh, coleslaw and put like a little bit of a ginger mix in the coleslaw, mix it up, put that on top, and then also take make a sriracha and mayo um, combo and put that on there. I'm not a huge mayo guy, but for the for something like this with the sriracha, it's acceptable. So that was fantastic. Get a little bit of crunch from the from the from the coleslaw, the flavor from the from the pork belly mixed with the the um the the sriracha mayo. Just really good. So anyway, there you go. That's my other. That's my other barbecue one. Hope that keeps you satisfied. Now I wet your appetite. Here you go. Here's my conversation with Washington Commanders rookie corner Emmanuel Forbes. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow-in-the-park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give axe throwing a try. Perfect for first-timers or experts, their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect for, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's promo code KIME23DC, K-E-I-M-2-3-D-C. Now open seven days a week. This is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. 
the first one is the, the, um, the Texas A&M, yeah. the Blitz. Uh -huh. So what do you remember? Because you're blitzing from the opposite yeah, side. The corner Blitz, uh, corner, corner Blitz man coverage. And uh, I just so happened he threw the ball. And as you know, I seen it, like, I guess it hit off somebody's head. And I just see the ball flying in that sky. And I was like, off in the catch it. Caught it, made, made the quarterback miss and just went and scored on it. When you get that, like, you kind of like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that play I was like, because, you know, that's – People say that's pretty lucky, but that was just ball fell in my hand. I want to score. I mean, but you're also aware because you, if you don't turn around to find it, uh -huh. right? I mean, that's part of it. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So okay. The second one against Missouri, mm -hmm. there was a throw. It was um. Do you remember that one? Is yes. A uh, so it was in zone coverage, and they tried to hollow us to the boundary, and I kind of baited them, act like I was going to go to the short one. Then I popped out to the to the deep seven seven out the deep corner, and I just picked it. Turned around and just went into score. Made the quarterback a couple of linemen miss. Went to score. Why did? How did you bait him? What? Why? Why did you try to bait him on that one? Had something been going on in that game that you wanted to do that? Uh, yeah, I've been letting him like bang the the flat route okay. a couple times, and as you know, I act like I was gonna commit to it, and he was waiting on me to do that. Then he threw it to the seven route, and I went in interested. Did you know Did you know you could get him by doing that? I mean, did you have a feeling? Uh, yeah, I had a feeling. We literally went to the sideline to drive, and he was like, this because this is the way every team tried to do that. Did do that to Mississippi State, how low is Tim Bowdrey? He was just like, do this right here, and then it'll work, and it worked. work. And then you had um, – and then also because as a runner, when you turn into a runner, because uh -huh. you, you run pretty well, like mm -hmm. that's – that's also a skill, right? Uh -huh. Like, why do you think? Like, what What do you remember about that that particular run? Oh, I actually really thought I was gonna get caught on that one because the receiver was right there behind me, but he ended up like almost running into somebody, I think. And I just cut off field, made the quarterback miss, and was in end zone. Was there something on film that you saw with the quarterback that if you baited him, that he might uh, take that? It just we ran a a really weird defense at Mississippi State, and that's what, like, almost every team tried to do That's how low it's to the boundary. What, what, how weird? Like, what do you mean? Uh, we ran a 3-3-5, and we ran multiple coverages, and they usually, when we're in read coverage, they know we don't have a post-safety help, and we just... In read coverage? Read coverage okay, yeah. okay. And then the other one is against Tulsa. That was Tulsa. a downfield throw, long, long run. It was at uh, cover three. Well, who was that, Scott? Well, cover three. And it wasn't even, it was the number two. He acted like he ran out. My man ran a post, and number one ran a post, and the safety actually supposed to have been on a out and up, but he let him go, and I uh, seen a ball in the air, and I flipped my hips and went intercepting and took it. So, so when you're in that, like, how are you, why do you look for the ball in that, because if you're in... Oh, uh, because that's... It was, okay, well, I guess it's a zone, so yeah, yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's, it's a zone. For, I forgot that it was a zone, so yes. <laughs> so, yeah, of course, you're so yeah. my, my eyes on the quarterback the whole time, yeah. on my man, and just made a play on the ball, and... It's a long run. Long run, a long cold run. That game was really cold. Really? Yeah, it was really, really cold. Does, does that make it harder for you when you're like, you know, because your body like oh, you know, to your run body that far? Just, your body's still far already <laughs> from the coldness, but it was just, I had to open up and I cut it across field. And it actually was a flag on the play. I thought they were going to get a call back, but it was oh, on really? the offense. So, yeah. When do you know you have it? Like when, when you get it, because you had, you were coming up the right uh -huh. sideline, you have to cut back to the uh -huh. middle. When do you know you oh, have it? Oh, once I passed that. That one lineman, I knew there wasn't nobody else around me, so I actually just kind of jogged into the end zone. Do you ever feel like anybody can catch you from behind? I mean, do you know, uh, like, once you get out there, are you done? or? I feel like I would say I haven't been caught from behind a lot of times. I didn't think so. I don't think I have, but okay. I, I, I know I have once, but 
not recently. So then the another, next one was Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. So you're you're playing. You're he's cutting out. You're mm -hmm. he throws to you in the inside. Oh, so it was in an all-out blitz. It's literally if you not don't have a man to cover, you're blitzing. So I'm I'm knowing the ball got to come out fast. It's something we put in that week. And uh, I'm playing off and I flat footed and he ran out. And the ball is kind of thrown a little late, but it, it, that's not my <laughs> problem. So <laughs> I just uh, played through hands and I don't know how I stayed in bounds on that play, but I did and went and scored. Because also on the play, because that ball, like, not even though the throw's inside, uh -huh. you still got to react to catch that too. Yeah, I literally like punched it up with my hands, then caught it and managed to stay in bound. And I actually came to the sideline. It was like, are you in? I was like, no, I definitely stepped out. Really? But, yeah, but apparently I didn't step out. And <laughs> so they never, the so did you ever see a replay? Yeah, did they were reviewed and everything and it, I was in. Okay, so you were definitely in. Yeah, I was okay. definitely in. Okay, it wasn't one of those, like sometimes college like officials by, you never by know. It was a couple of centimeters, okay. honestly, so. Okay, and then the next one I think is what like versus. Eric Stokes said. You guys got to go watch the Kentucky one, uh -huh. and Kentucky. I, we most of us had already seen that. Uh -huh. So walk through that one. Oh, uh, it was down by ten that game, fourth quarter. It was fourth and one, and uh, my guy was off the ball. Dave ran his play like twice, and my coach actually showed me this this exact play the beginning of the week, and I somehow two it point just, conversion play. Yeah, somehow it stuck in my head, and I. Was, looked at the formation and realized what they was trying to do. Then once he went in motion, it was just like, let's see, I'm going to make the tackle and give offense at the ball. I can try to make a play on the ball and go score with it. And I just took a chance and <laughs> went and picked it and it, you know. But when, because you jumped just a little bit, uh -huh. right with this, I think right at the snap, right before the snap. Uh -huh. So did you, how did you time it up to make sure, because like if you jumped too soon. He, didn't, he's not, he wasn't going to throw it. So right. I kind of like, it kind of worked out perfectly because I acted like I didn't know what was going on. Then next, you know, I seen him like cock his shoulder. And I just took off as I can and it hit me right in my hands, right in my gut actually, but I didn't want to <laughs> score. That's got, like, does, is that your, the one that stands out for you the most? Uh, that was a really like, that one or the, a, the Texas a and one, like that was probably one of my best ones, I think. Well, because the, with that one, I talked to your coach mm -hmm. and he's like, because of exactly what you said, mm -hmm. because you, he had talked about that at the beginning of the week, and he's mm -hmm. like, they kind of got to that formation a little bit differently, yeah. but you remembered, and that's uh -huh. what that's why he was like excited. It just, it just shows my like intelligence on the field. Like I can realize things like that in formations and from things you showed me maybe a week or two weeks ago, and it just it just happened like that. And then the last one was East, East Tennessee State. That's the ball pops up. Okay, that was a that was a pretty luck one. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was pretty lucky. Because, well, you gotta uh, get a yeah, gift. Yeah, they gotta be perfect. I'm not perfect. They got they it's you know, but uh, he ran a slant on me, and I was got out my back pillow too quick, and he I was gonna come up and make the tackle, but somehow the ball popped up off his foot and it was just in the air, and I caught it, hit a nasty spin move that came back from my yeah. high school skills. Okay. So that's what I was telling my friends on the side. I was, my teammates was like, yeah, that's all seeing the skills just then. <laughs> but yeah, I made a spin move and just took off and went and scored on that one. That was my last one. And that's that was, the record. Yeah, that was the record. So one. what did that mean to you? It meant a lot, honestly, knowing that my name is in the record books and knowing that having nobody broke that record for like a while, I think. So it just, it meant a lot to me and all my family was there. It was my oh, last really? game in Starville, actually. Also. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the last home game. So it just meant a lot to me. How did you, like, did you, did you keep all those balls? Oh, uh, yeah. So I usually keep keep the balls that are intercepting, but I got that one actually, like, painted and 
says the record breaker and all that one. So it was, oh, really? Do you yeah. have that at home? Yes, yeah, at Do home. you have a picture of that? Uh, I can get one. Did you get one for me? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll, I'll go through Jared and just ask him. But uh, yeah, they'd love to run it with that. Uh, That's they eat that crap up. Yeah, I can get um, one. But that that would be cool. So, wait, but you know. Again, like, what does it mean to have that? I mean, that's just, that's an awesome record, especially for D-back. That's mm-hmm. what you're out there for. Yeah. So, you know, do you, what does it mean? It means a lot, honestly, knowing that, you know, not a lot of defensive backs know how to pick the ball off, honestly, a lot. But pick, but to be able to pick it off and go score, that means just, it's just a different skill that you don't see regularly. And it's just something to take a, a lot of, like, pride in. And it's something I like to do, honestly. But it's also, you know, I've, I've, covered there was a defensive backs coach here who played in the league and he mm-hmm. said there's some guys who come back to the sidelines like oh coach you know i saw this mm-hmm. and i just you know next time i'm going to react this mm-hmm. way he goes and other guys just do it yeah so you just go do it uh-huh. why why is that like why do you think that you're so adept in that area oh i would say i don't hesitate that's something that my cornerback coach darcy McBeth yeah. like engraved in me since i was a freshman never hesitate you'll never be able to make a play if you hesitate and it's just something i try to like you, you would never be able to make a play if you hesitate. Then you gonna you can see on film and be like, yeah, I can do this. But until you're in that moment and in them shoes, you just gotta have the guts and just know, like you just gotta do it. Don't hesitate. Honestly. Did you ever hesitate where you missed one because of it? Or uh, it's some plays that I have hesitated and I have missed a lot of interceptions in college. I'm not gonna lie, but it's something that I wished I can get back. And it's just something like, okay, next time. Like I'm not gonna beat myself up about it, but I just know like next time how close were you to, i didn't see all 14 picks so uh-huh. how many other ones were you close to scoring on uh i actually got caught by the quarterback versus memphis oh he had an angle on me okay. that nobody blocked him but like, <laughs> okay. he called me on that one i caught one versus vandy that i got on their tail there wasn't nobody blocking everybody just looking and i got caught on that one and uh i would say those two right there are just okay. one that i like could have scored but just didn't wasn't able to and Darcel, even though those guys talk about like you first of all baseball is uh-huh. a, where did you what position did you play in baseball i was a shortstop third base and pitcher okay uh-huh. so but like i remember deshaun jackson uh-huh. he was an outfielder uh-huh. would have been drafted if he wanted to go that way uh-huh. but he talked about like playing outfield how it would help him track the ball uh-huh. do you feel like any baseball skills help that but if you're an I infielder say, yeah i'm saying my infield and like it just helped my hand out coordination okay. and just like I don't know. It helped. You got to be athletic to play those yes. positions, and yeah. they, that's to play a part with my hand coordination. How good were you? I was really good. Could you have gone pro? Uh, if I wanted to go that route, I think I could have. Really? Yeah. In which spot? Uh, pitcher. Okay. You got that lanky I stuff. I was like 94 off the mound. So. Really? Yeah. All right. That's that's, that's, that's that's pretty good. So, But, yeah, I was so the last thing then, you know, also nah. the receiver skills. Yeah. When you get the ball in your hand, does your mindset change? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it just – I was actually recruited as a receiver. Like, most of my offers were receiver offers, so I was pretty good, I would say, in that position. But it just, like, when I got the ball in my hand, I feel like I'm the most, like, explosive person in it was in, that was in college football with the balls in my hand, honestly. I think that was proven. Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> yes, sir, it. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Manuel Forbes for joining me, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode on Monday. So, I'll talk to you next time.